Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us. This is the What About Outtakes podcast or podcast episodes. And we're here with Josh Scott, who is the pastor of Grace Point Church here in Nashville. Um, my name is Derek Webb. I also do things at Grace Point Church, Grace Point with an E. And um, this is based on Josh's sermon series called What About? And it tackled some really hard and, and really good questions, um, uh, some of which came from our community, others of which are uh, things that Josh encounters online as he um, is uh, out in the world and talking about progressive Christianity. Uh, if you missed that series, please head over to Grace Point's YouTube and watch those sermons. They're incredible. And this, uh, these short episodes um, is a chance for Josh to speak in a, a little more briefly and a little more directly to some questions that either didn't get asked or things that um, maybe come in over uh, his or the church's social media, things like that. Um, and so we're so glad that you um, would join us for these. And so uh, just going forward, don't forget that if you do have any questions you'd like for Josh to speak to uh, in future episodes, head over to Gra- any of Grace Point's uh, social media, Grace Point with an E, uh, or uh, Josh's social media, and just fire your questions around. We will make notes of those, and we'll bring them into future episodes. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Hey, it's great. Um, okay. So um, this is one that I think about a lot, actually, and uh, I would love to hear you speak to it. And I don't remember, actually, you might have spoken to it. I'm, pro- I'm almost positive you did in the, in the first What About series, but I would still love to hear your one shot about it um, for folks who either missed that or just would love to have, hear you sum it up one more time. But so here it is. What is the purpose of prayer? Mm. If, in other words, like if, cause I grew up believing that maybe God is maniacally um, orchestrating every single thing, you know? Um, and, but if God is not maybe intervening in the ways that I grew up believing maybe he, that he or they did, um, then what is the, what is, yeah, what is the purpose? Like, does prayer change things is maybe another way to ask that question. Yeah. And I'll always realize when this question comes up for people, it is not born out of disinterested experience, right? Like it's probably because they know somebody or have had the experience of praying for something that really mattered and it didn't, nothing happened the way it should have. And then um, what do you do with that? Right. Um, And so I'll say this. I think the way we've talked about it is really problematic because it really just creates the potential for, I mean, because if you pray really hard for something and it doesn't happen, then who, who gets the blame? You're never allowed to blame God. Mm -hmm. Like the one with all the power who could have done the thing, didn't do the thing. It always ends up being, we're to blame because we didn't have enough faith or we didn't have, you know, we didn't pray hard enough or we didn't have enough people praying. That's the one that always gets me is like, we need everybody praying. Right. Is there, is there a quota? It's like a threshold. If, if there's a number, it would be helpful to have that. Like if we have like 666 yeah. people praying, is that enough people? I think or that's the perfectly wrong number of people to have praying. But it's like the power team. You know, they used to uh, get the guy up there would be trying to rip a phone book in half. He's like, give him prayer cover. And not until enough people were praying, could he rip the thing in half? So clearly, <laughs> at least for the power team, there was a threshold. There, there was a threshold. Um, and, but yeah, so that's a great point, though. He's like, if that's how it works, why the pageantry? If you're yeah, the all-loving, all-powerful God, why, why wait till the threshold gets hit? So that, you're right, that's a problematic way of seeing it, but the way a lot of people were brought up 
to believe it. It kind of reminds me every time I go to a concert, and, and so this is something you'll know way more about than me. But like when I go to a concert and the show ends and the band goes backstage, and then we all stand, and it's like when we cheer enough, they're going to come back out. What is the threshold? I often wonder if like the band goes backstage and everybody just went, it's over, let's go home. That's it. Like there, there's no encore. And at least if you're like my favorite band, you too, you're going to miss some incredible music if you leave before. So, you know, is prayer kind of God's curtain call? Is it like kind God's of the encore? encore? Um, and, and so we, here's the thing. I, I think that if we want to say that prayer works and that we ask for A and God gives us, you know, exactly what we ask mm-hmm. for, um, that only makes sense when we get it. Yeah. And I think believing in, believing in intervention in that way, like a one-to-one intervention anyway, like we asked for this. I was, I was driving around the Target parking lot. It was raining. I needed a spot. I didn't want to get very wet. God, please. And I got the front row spot. That, great for you, but that creates a whole other set of, okay, so God is out there doling out parking spots, but not, like, we, we're, we're still, like, I've talked to two really dear friends in the last 24 hours, both who have COVID. Mm. Like, you could have done the pandemic, but you got the target parking spot. Right. It just, and, and what that then creates is, you know, I ask and I got, but you asked and didn't get. And, you know, when I hear that now, having been a pastor for over 20 years, walking with people through the worst days of their lives, knowing that when they hear somebody say, oh, yeah, we were praying that we would get this vacation home for a really good deal, and we did. And then this person over here is like, I was praying that the person I loved would survive, mm-hmm. and they didn't. It just, it's unintended insensitivity. Right. But I think if our theological language causes harm, we have to begin to rethink our theological mm-hmm. language. And, and so I just told somebody this yesterday who was like, um, I w- ran late for something and I was really upset, but then when I was on the way, uh, there'd been a car accident and instead of me being in it, it was a different car. And I was like, oh, so you, you think that's good news? For the other person, um, that seems like for them, like we need mm-hmm. a way of being able to say, "I'm really grateful that 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 didn't happen to me," mm-hmm. without assigning it to God, right? Because then suddenly God is on our side in a way that God is not on the side of other people, and I just think God's on our side as a species. Mm-hmm. God is willing us forward, inviting us forward, calling us to our best selves. So do I think prayer works? I guess it means, what does the word work mean? Mm-hmm. Um, does prayer have the potential to, whatever prayer is, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, prayer for some people is folded hands and bowed head, but for some people, prayer is going on a run and, and, and just processing their thoughts. And mm-hmm. for some people, it's yoga. And for right. some people, like prayer can Meditative be and yeah. a multitude of things, depending on who you are. Does prayer work? I, I guess... Yes, in the sense that I think it can open us up to be transformed. Hmm. Um, does prayer get God to intervene? I, don't, I just don't think that's how it works. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, I love Marcus Borg used to say the very same thing. Like, I don't believe God intervenes, but I still pray hmm. and I still ask God for things just in case. Yeah. <laughs> if that's how it works, I just want to cover my bases. But then he's also, he also says, but when I pray for somebody who's struggling, who I care about, the, if I'm praying for them every day, maybe I will be the one to respond and do the thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think prayer is powerful in that 
it, it, however we pray, it can bring things to our attention and cause us to act in ways that maybe we wouldn't if we weren't being focused and intentional about it. Um, I just don't think prayer works in the ways that we were taught, which is sort of a, an exchange with God, getting God to intervene and do the thing for us that we wanted God to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's how it works. I, I, I just think that it creates more problems than it mm-hmm. solves. I think I remember you saying something about in the sermon um, on this, that prayer doesn't change God so much as it changes us. Yeah. Um, which is exactly what you're saying. It's like when you're, and it, it's almost like it could be, it could tie back depending on how you see it to even just an, an exchange of energy. It's like when I'm meditating a lot on somebody who I care about and their situation, it does for me bring up, it's more likely to bring up how I could, as Gandhi might've said, and I think Jesus would have loved, um, how I could be the change that I want to see in that person's situation. Maybe I could have that thought of like, oh, maybe I could do this. And that is kind of, and and I have found it um, to work that way for me uh, Mm -hmm. in seasons of belief or not. It, 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 It does. And I think in those ways where it can change us, like you said, it, it still does, op- the practice of it still does open us up to transformation. Um, yeah. And I think another piece of it that really doesn't work for me is just this idea, and I'm going to get really in the weeds on this. And, good. You know, just this idea, it, it assumes that God is a being. That somewhere in right. outer space, there's, or some, well, wherever, yeah. like, you, you know, in a dimensional time rip or something, <laughs> there is a being that exists that occasionally will pop in bippity boppity boo a situation and pop out. Right. And that no longer is a credible understanding of God for me. Now mm-hmm. I know lots of people hang on to that understanding. God's the, the really old man helpful. upstairs or God is, you know, whatever. Who occasionally picks up the phone. Occasionally. Yeah. But not always. But for me, I would say, I don't think God is a being. I would understand God more as being. Yeah. Right. So if, if we're the fish, God's the water, that mm-hmm. sort of situation. So it yeah, really, great. it really, it's it sort of, it, it is operating on an understanding of God for me that is no longer credible yeah. in the sense that I'm, I, I kind of feel like that God doesn't exist. Like the mm. God who's just above the clouds who occasionally pops in. And yet that seems to be the one that most of us and most of our traditions have grown up with is, I mean, that, that is kind of the idea um, that we have. Yeah. Um, which, as you said, opens up the possibility of this transactional, like if I say it right, or if I, if enough of us say it, or if I say it while holding the right beliefs, like or standing I, on one foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like where I almost create the conduit in my right beliefs, my right beliefs create the conduit. And then I fire that prayer up there and it happens yep. because something circumstantial was correct about that. And if you really think about that for a second, it really doesn't make any sense. Like you can't really square that with, like that doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes back to the old, either God either God is all powerful right. and not very loving or God is really loving, but not all powerful. Right. And I would say, I think that, I actually think that creates a false dichotomy yes. in the sense that I just don't think that's how, how God actually, I don't know, exists. Right. Right, I think that, you know, I would say open and relational theology would be more where I'd land on this, which is God doesn't control because love can't control. Mm. And so whatever the word God means, which I think is also important to say because we're dealing with mystery here Absolutely. in lots of ways, whatever the word God means, it's not this controlling force that is making us do a thing. It is, I think, 
um, a reality that is inviting us to become certain kinds of people. Uh, and so I, I just think that when we dislocate, and the God that many of us grew up with, I didn't realize this until a few years ago, the God many of us grew up with, with the long white beard, and that, that actually is the, the God El from the Canaanite pantheon, who, who the name Elohim is a, a plural form of that sort of, that shows up in the Hebrew scriptures. Wow. Um, so, I mean, most of us have grown up with the God El, uh, who is this mm-hmm. old man who's sort of in, in charge and, and, and powerful. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I, I think what should have ruined all of that is space travel. <laughs> Absolutely. Like when we went up there and we're sort of like, where's the throne and what, and what room? We, what we called the heavens when it was the canopy just, you know, a mile above our heads, which a lot of people would say, you know, it's like, yeah. it was just right there. Once, and and uh, uh, Spong talks a lot, again, John Shelby Spong, who we love to talk about, says this as well. It's like the moment that we were able to visit the heavens and find out that they were not maybe what our earlier ancestors thought yep. is when we should have started to, to break apart and audit that language that we had for so long. For so long. And, and the language that most of our traditions are in when they try to talk about God uh, or whatever, the person of God or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. And, mm. and to me, for some people, there's a loss there. Like, well, if God's not a being, then that's a lot for me though. I'm like, okay, this is actually a freedom mm. that there isn't just this one person located somewhere who occasionally pays attention, but there's this energy all around us all the time. That's leading us to transformation. If we'll follow, but giving us the freedom mm. to do it any other way we want mm. and uh, to contribute and to cooperate and to work with and to, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we see that in all the problems we face right now on this planet, whether it's climate change mm. or gun violence, all the things we pray about, all the things that we're worried about are things within our power to change. And I think when we then make them, no, no, there's a being up there, out there somewhere that we need to act on this thoughts and prayers. Yeah. If we just have enough thoughts and prayers, God will fix this problem. When the reality we name God is, I would imagine would sort of feel like, well, I didn't, I didn't create that problem. You did. I'm, I'm willing to give you the energy to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got to do the thing. You've got yeah. to take the step. You've got to have the courage. Mm. You've got to make the decision. You've got to, and you know, I think that so often prayer becomes a cop out. Yeah. Well, it's just, we just got to go pray about it. And oh, I'll pray for you. Then. I'll, pr- I'll pray for you. In reality, no, we need a lot more than mm. we need. We need prayer. And John Dominic Crossan has this great line. He's like, so if you imagine God as a person, prayer is talking to a person. But if you imagine God as a process, mm. prayer is collaborating with a process, participating in a process. Like, so if the goal ultimately is human flourishing, Prayer is then us saying, whatever the word God means, that energy that's inviting us towards flourishing, it's collaborating and partnering with that wow. to create that reality on earth as it is in heaven. And of course, heaven not being literal, but being the, like the realm where this is like, imagine a world where all of this is how it that's is. Right. We can create that here. And so I'm, you know, in that sense, I'm a fan of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of the thing that ends up shaming and harming and, um, making people feel worse about themselves, or I'm not a fan of the thing that gives people a cop out. That's right. I'm a fan of the thing that pulls us into action, that gives us comfort, of course, and that calls us to be the actual answer to the prayer that we're mm-hmm. praying for the people around us. Mm-hmm.